thing, you know, we're in the business of going fast and so are the teams and, um, you know, they, they push it to the absolute limits and sometimes over it and that, that's what happens. And the full credit to Shane, you know, he just, just merged into the, into the family as if he'd been there all along. I was embarrassed for that race to restart in Tasmania. Dumb shit like that, that just isn't acceptable. From the racetracks across Australia, out here's Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Uh, Craig, uh, interesting week because now the calendar is out and the first time it is the start of a new era. That era being, of course, when in 2020 they kick off the series in January, I think it is, or February in Sydney. My understanding is it'll be January at Sydney Motorsport Park under lights. So uh, the 2019 calendar has certainly had a significant shake-up, and it's going to be interesting. If you uh, take the forums and the feedback, then it's been uh, very critical. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say I actually like the changes. Um, I do know how uh, topsy-turvy it has been. There was uh, a lot of two and forth right down to the 11th hour. Um, some would say two minutes to midnight before this thing was put to bed and, uh, you know, Auckland seemed to be moving from the front of the calendar to the back of the calendar from the reports I had been receiving. Uh, But it's better down now. It's a change and, as you well know, Tony, change is not the easiest thing to sell. Indeed. And, of course, people keep on talking about how, oh, the AFL and the NRL and all those things. And, of course, motorsport's nothing like that because... The best thing in the world is if you're not having people standing on a wet hill but because they don't have grandstands everywhere, but if you have them going at a time of year when it's pleasant to be standing there on the hill. And, of course, that's what they're trying to do, to take it out of being, as you and I both remember 20-something years ago, most of the, the rounds <laughs> used to be run through May, June, July, August sort of thing, and, and it was wet and very wet. Now, at least, there's less of them, and if they are running uh, some rounds in June, July, or which they happen to be uh, in the northern northern part of Australia. So it's interesting in that way. Certainly the other big change was, of course, moving Sandown from being the warm-up to Bathurst to now being the end of the Pertec Enduro Cup. So that's an interesting thing. And I think one of the things we've done in this week's show is getting somebody who's been a long-time involver, involved in uh, supercars, and that is Vinnie Borgia, who's... First of all, was a supercars, and now we've been working in teams as a truck driver. And if anyone knows about schedules, he's a man that's going to give us his view. So that's a fascinating thing. So what do you think um, that the big moves, obviously, we're going from Adelaide to Melbourne to Tasmania. No big deal. But then there's now a round in Phillip Island after Tasmania before they go to Perth, and there's the day-night race over there, isn't it? Yeah, and that's... That's going to be a very interesting one because what time are they going to start that round? Remembering that whatever you do on the West Coast, it's two hours later on the East Coast. So are they going to start it at 6 o'clock? And it means it's going to run from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. back on the East? Or how, you know, because depending on how dark it gets there at that time of year, and I haven't looked up the uh, Weather Bureau to see what the... uh, sunrise and sunset is but potentially it could be a a very very late television night although um, I I think one of the uh, critical things is try these things why does it it doesn't hurt to uh, give things 
a run through. We saw a successful run through at Eastern Creek, uh, Sydney Motorsport Park, and and they're going to. It's so successful, was it? They're saying, well, let's put it on at the right time of year where we can guarantee that. Uh, well, not guarantee, but give ourselves the best opportunity for weather. And what a way to kick off the year! It's it's there's logic to the plan. We've only seen half the plan, and that's one of the difficulties that uh, I think some of the keyboard warriors are, are jumping off on. You've only seen half of what's happening, so uh, whilst teams and other people have been able to see the full picture, uh, which probably helps explain things better. One thing that's come up in this whole uh, format situation is that we have had a... Uh, we've had a situation where they're listing Phillip Island in April as the WD-40 Phillip Island 500. Now, they haven't released details of the uh, formats, but if it's a 500, then that would be grand. If it's two 250s, I think that's a huge improvement for Phillip Island. I, I remember when they used to have those 300s there, and I thought they were pretty solid races. But uh, I think I was in the majority, minority and I could probably go back into the archive and uh, find an interview with Russell Engel who said they would fail miserably. My memory doesn't, rem- doesn't serve me well enough to actually remember what happened with the 300k races there. Yeah, indeed. And look, there's interesting, uh, this topic has been raised about how Bathurst is the uh, first big hit out for the Enduros. And so those people who've changed driving partners... Um, may well be ruining uh, the fact they haven't had another hit out at, at a track where Sandown has been, and then Queensland Raceway and Phillip Island were for periods. Um, Sandown has traditionally been that warm-up. Now, now it, of course, is the final of the uh, Pertec Enduro Cup. There's another possibility here, and that is, of course, the bend, tail and bend. Now, it's called a super sprint race, but it, it seems to be a track that would augurs so well um, for being an endurance event. Big, wide pit lane, long track. There are so many things going for it to actually make the fourth of the Pertec Cup. Yeah, I think there's plenty of... uh, They could consider it. Yeah, there's plenty of uh, things that they could do. I know uh, Roland Dane on this show uh, speculated on why don't we do more shorter races here? So, you know, obviously there's so many different schools of thought there. The second, or the, I said second part of the puzzle is 2020, of course, but uh, maybe the third and fourth parts of the puzzle are what formats where. And uh, they haven't shown their whole hand at this stage, and I think in some cases they're still working out that uh, exact format. But I think they've shown their hand a little bit by calling it the uh, Phillip Island 500. Anyway, so uh, as part of the review of the 20 calendar, or the, 19, the 2019 and 2020 uh, future for supercars, we've got Vinnie Borgia after the break to take us through the essence of what it's about. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two lap to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. 
The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Tony Whitlock here with Craig Gravel, joined by Vinnie Borgia. Vinnie, how are you? Good, thanks, Tony and Craig. Wonderful here. Now, Vinny and I first met, oh, I don't know, probably 20 years ago. Can you tell us, first of all, your motorsport history? I have none other than when I first started. I, it was only by accident that I got into motorsport. It was through Peter Cochran, Tony's brother. Yeah, so I had no motorsport history at all. What, what were you doing before you joined Supercars? I drove interstate trucks and worked in earth movement. Okay. And, of course, you joined when it was still called Avesco. Yes, yes. So I was employee number five. Number five, right. And, of course, Vinny, you played a crucial role in a whole bunch of different things. But maybe before we get to those, we'll talk about the calendar. Because the reason we've got Vinny Borgia on is because he's been driving trucks, first of all, for the organisation known as Avesco and Supercars. And now you're now working for Phil Monday and Red 23. Yes, that's correct. Tell us about uh, the calendar as you see it. Now, it, it, this year's was a bit difficult. It was, Tony. It, it was very close and very tight. And for the truck drivers, it's quite hard. And for the teams as well, to be honest. You know, us smaller teams, we don't have quite the resources of the larger teams. So it does make it quite difficult. Um, the thing about um, this year's calendar was that the uh, start of the year was very difficult for the Queensland teams, I understand. Well, it was. It was. They had quite, quite an extraordinary start to the year, it, it, and you didn't get any time. There was no breaks. Like the travelling time between Queensland and Victoria, you got a minimum of two days, and then of course straight to Perth. And for them, it's a five-day drive to Perth. Yeah. So it, it is a lot harder for the. It was a lot harder for the Queensland teams this year. Now, when we first met Vinny, you were actually on the road for some considerable months at a time, weren't you? I actually lived in motels every day of the week for supercars. Because <laughs> the truck was actually used as a... It was used as a promotional tool as well as their office at a race circuit and also carted the safety car and the course car at that stage. So, basically... And plus, I used to do 20 school visits a year as well. How many school visits? Uh, around about 20. Wow. And that was right round Australia? It was everywhere. So for me, for argument's sake, if the next race from here was arguably Perth, I would head straight to Perth. And then right. I would be in Perth. So the cars would be on display. And we might go to a school visit. It, it depends. Every, every place was different. But there was a lot more sort of interaction before a race between supercars. And obviously it was Shell racing. There was the Shell Championship, which was, um, oh, what was his name? Um, Ross Brody? No, it was, Ross Brody was the head of Shell, but I'm trying to... John Thompson. Oh, John Thomas, yeah. So it, it was a lot different. Today, I suppose we have more social media than we actually do as physical appearances. Okay. Now, looking at next year's calendar, um, we, we kick off in Adelaide and then two weeks later is Melbourne and then in about three weeks gap into Tasmania then Phillip Island. So there'll be... Uh, back-to-backs for uh, Phillip Island after Tasmania, so that the Queensland teams don't go home? Well, none of us will go home. Right. 
because basically you, you, you're off the boat on Tuesday and you'd be heading to the track unless you head home for one day. I'm not sure. I, I, it's nearly like the year we went to New Zealand where we left straight from Tasmania where we took the cars the Sunday night. Well, of course, that's the difference is our next year is that the uh, the cars are off the planes and back on the boats. Yes, I don't know. If I, I think it's just in containers, though, Tony. I don't think the trucks would go, ever go again. Oh, OK, right, yeah. Well, and, not that I know, I'm not really sure, but I think it's just containers. How yeah, do you go for a okay. licence to drive in New Zealand uh, uh, heavy vehicles like that, Vinny? Look, we, we actually ran into the, the police officer in charge. Um, was, his name was Brian Locke, and basically he gave me a dispensation, but they didn't have 26-metre B-double, so we had to use every over-dimensional route that they had in instead of a 45 drive. 45k drive down the highway, we had to go through every small town. So it, used to, it was a two and a half hour trip just to get to Pukekohe. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at the calendar for 2019, they don't seem to have eased yeah. that burden on the, particularly the Queensland teams. I think they've eased the burden on everybody, to be honest. You know, you, you get that extra bit of time in the workshop, which is really, that's where it all sort of stems you know, your problems, because the less time you have, obviously, that's when things go wrong, you, you make mistakes, and smaller teams obviously suffer a little bit more because you don't have the parts or whatever, so you do sort of get held up a bit. But, look, I, I think it's a much better calendar. The transition then to a summer? A transition to summer? Sorry? How do you see that? Well, I... I'm a little bit sceptical of it. I've been in the sport for, as Tony said, 20, nearly 20 years now, so I don't know. But, uh, you know, look, a change is probably as good as a holiday. I, I really can't say no or yes to it. it it'll be different. Mm. Do any of the tracks present any additional problems for what you need to do? I mean, there's some sort of like uh, Bathurst is almost, because it's a lovely big paddock, that makes it, you know, reasonably easy for you to back the truck up, unload it, then just drive it forwards. Uh, look, I actually personally find that as the most difficult one because we're not allowed to wash our trucks at the circuit, and a lot of the circuits are nearly becoming the same because of obviously EPA and whatever other reasons. But you know, the nearest place we can wash a truck is forty kilometres away, and of course they want to be in pristine looking order for us to do a truck parade. But you've got nowhere to wash it, so. Bathurst is difficult in that sense, but look, it's a big paddock, but they fill it up with TV and catering tents and DVS, so it, it does become small again. Are, are there any that present particular problems that you've discovered in, in the last few years? Uh, look, it, this is only personal things and it's not an attack on anybody, but, you know, Winton's quite a small paddock. Yep. Yep. But, you know, speaking to the person, oh, one of the people that sort of run it now, you know, they've got plans to upgrade it and hopefully that happens and it'll be really good. Uh, every circuit has their own, you know, dramas that I've found, you know, but look, you just deal with them in the end. That's that's the only thing you can do about it. Yeah, yeah indeed. indeed. You know, Darwin, Darwin's probably, as far as all the truck drivers go, Darwin and Perth are probably the biggest trips we do and we all enjoy because we all sort of travel together and we have a bit of a bit of a laugh on, on our journey, but it's, it's, it's very different. Yes, and there have been some memorable trips, haven't there, like um, engines out on the road and on the way to Perth one year? 
Yes, I won't mention the team that did that. No, way. no, no, we're not mentioning <laughs> the names. Oh, look, there's been lots of things come out of trucks. Tubs come out of boxes in Tasmania, out of a locker. Uh, oh. Brakes on the, on the freeway. Oh, dearie me. Stories that uh, come on the road, stay on the road? <laughs> look, I, I don't think there's been any real drama. There's been the odd thing. I think the engine one was probably the biggest one. Yeah. yeah. How did that actually get away? Well, according to the truck driver, he tied it up and one of the engineers wanted something behind it, so he undone it and then never tied it up properly. And, of course, it was banging against the toolbox, the door, and obviously came out when he went around the corner. How much of the trucks changed in 20 years? One to drive and two for the teams to work in and around? Well, Well, from when I first started... Only as you know, there was only V8s that actually had a V double. Then it was HRT. Then they just slowly started to build up. So everybody went from singles to doubles. And of course, now obviously, probably the most recent one would be the Triple H. Obviously, goes up in height so that they actually get an extra room. But pretty much most of them are the same. Everybody uses the cars in the back, the, the tyres in the, and everything in the front. So. They, they are difficult to drive because the weight is always in a really bad spot in them. But you just deal with it. With the cars up high in the trailer, is is that a problem or is there so much stuff that's down low that it, it tends to uh, even itself out? No, it evens itself out. But it does, you know, like they do drag you around a bit. If you don't concentrate, they will drag you off the road. You, you really do have to watch what you're doing. It's not as if you're just sitting there and you're just hanging onto a steering wheel, you really have to concentrate. And and not only that, you get cut off by cars. They don't mean to, but they're there beside you trying to take a photograph of your truck and, and all of a sudden you're running out of road because they're not out of the road. But <laughs> it's just life. And after the break, we'll have more with Vinnie Borgia talking about the calendar and the impact on the race team's going around the country. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at the Fairway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au And and tell me, Vinny, you've of course additionally been in race teams where you've had another responsibility and that is still the case now? In Well, most of the truck drivers all have, we all do tyres, so yep. the majority of yep. there's maybe one or two that don't, but and then, of course, you refuel in your race or you, you do something in a pit stop. So it, it's not just that you sit there and you drive a truck and basically you get there to the race meeting and you wait from the finish. We all have jobs, and that goes for everybody in the team, though. Indeed. I, I do remember one particular truck driver. Uh, he's no longer in the series and hasn't been there for 10 or 15 years. I actually followed him south one year, sitting on his tailgate, and he was one of those truck drivers who'd done interstate and I think he actually might have come from petrol tanker trucks 
but he didn't think he had to do anything at all when he got to the race circuit. He was in for a rude shock and shortly resigned thereafter. Well, look, you, you get it a lot from the, the people that you travel with. They go, oh, you, we'd love your job. And I'm thinking, well, you, maybe you probably wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you learn about tyres and what you need to do to get uh, the tyres right? Because it, it's quite a different job to driving uh, the transporter around. Well, it is. And the thing is that from when I started doing tyres, which I was thrown in the deep end, um, because I actually joined Lucas's team and and of course it's a, it was a very turbulent team at any point in time um, and the first year I went there the whole team were, walked out two days after I'd started so other than Rob Paluma who was my engineer and so I suppose Rob just taught me what to do and and, and really your engineer tells you what to do you, you sort of you know you know what you've got to do in now but even doing tyres from back then to now, it has changed immensely. Is it? There's, there's, we have sensors in them, so they, they, they run different pressures. You can't go as low. So there's all the little tricks and everything else we, you learn to do to make sure that they you know, are above the pressure that they have to be. Is it so, more disciplined now? Do you, you know, all the tyres are barcoded. Do you keep more meticulous records than what it would have been back when you started? No, the records are still, and the records and the barcodes are still the same. It's, you may change, engineers may change the way you, you write up your tyre or what, how they, what, what they want, but it's pretty, predominantly the same thing. You know, you still have your barcodes, which you, you know, the barcodes up are, are, are your left and your right rear and barcodes down are your right front and left rear. And so they're you, directional tyres. Do you match the sets or is that something the engineer does? No, some engineers do it and some don't. Some, you know, they, but no, we don't. Normally that's just what Dunlop give us and we just put them in sets. Vinny, you're far more involved now because obviously you're working for a team than you were in your more, more promotional days at Avesco. You're obviously enjoying it still. Look, I do. There is, it, look, it is a good sport. Though. There's things wrong with it like any other sport and, and there's good parts to it too. Uh, look, I enjoy it because it's, it's like a large family. You know, you pretty much don't know it. You know everybody in the paddock and it's quite a funny thing. You start at the start of the year and Nobody really talks to each other, and you know, by half, by a quarter way through, you're sort of chatting, and by halfway through, yeah, everybody's talking, and then by the end of the year, you're sort of like living in each other's pockets. But and then it goes back to the same thing, and you see who's in the next shirt the next year. Of course, you're in a single car garage, so you you are married to, uh, in your case, you're married to Team 18. Yeah, and, and look, look, Colin, myself, who's their truck driver, we share a side tent, so we join them together, and we, we act as, as a team as such, you know. They do have their car, and, and ours is ours, and we all, I refuel both cars, so it's like you are a team, but you're separate. One thing that you did do this year, and I know you took great pride in it, was uh, you and uh, a number of the other drivers took uh, a whole bunch of hay up into New South Wales. Yeah, look, the, well, actually, four trucks here um, have done it, There's, which was us, was Team 23 Red, um, Mobile Boost, you know, United, 
and Preston Higher and Erebus themselves. We've all done it now. And look, it was a gratifying thing to do. But also sad, Tony, because you get there and you, you see these farmers and you think, holy Jesus, they're really doing it tough. And all we've done is put a little bit of a Band-Aid on it. You know, it, it was sad that, you know, that you, you, we actually got there and the wife of the of the, the farmer, she was telling us, you know, like, she was scared that she'd come home one night and she'd find him hanging from the tree. And I'm thinking, when people tell you that sort of stuff, you, you really got to be concerned about how it, the state of these farmers. You've been travelling this country for a long time, longer than you've been involved in the sport. Uh, is it really lookers in desperate trouble as it is now when you're travelling? I, I think as far as the farmers are concerned, yes. Um, and look, we, we're all doing it a lot tougher than what we did, you know, 20 years ago. And even in this, in this sport, it doesn't matter about the country. And the sport and the country are similar, you know. We've all got to do it with a lot less money now. And, and you've got to use your money wisely, I suppose. Farmers are doing it tough. Industries are doing it tough. And even this sport, the money in this sport isn't there as what it like it used to be, Tony. As you would know, you know. Yeah. Well, Vinny, um, I uh, look forward to always seeing your, your very happy, friendly face in the Inside Supercars paddock. And uh, we look forward to uh, catching up with you later on the year. I uh, hope you enjoy uh, the, your time on the Gold Coast. It's, it's a stamping ground you know pretty well, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is, Tony. It was probably, uh, there's some funny stories to this place, especially in the earlier days, Tony. Well... <laughs> We, we look forward to catching up on some more of those. And thanks for your time on Inside Supercars, Vinnie Borgia. No worries. Thanks, Tony. After the break, our final thoughts on Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie's crew at the Grand Prix and I just remind myself of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark, not only on Australian motorsport, but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel. Post... Uh... Uh, the review and the uh, release of the calendar for the next two years. It's a fascinating thing. I mean, one of the things I suppose we should mention is that the Super 2 series is virtually the same, apart from, of course, that Sandown is no longer the Bathurst warm-up. I assume that they'll still run that 250k race with points for the drivers at Bathurst. Um, but uh, as far as the rest of the calendars go, I think it, you're right. I think there are certainly uh, there's merit into it, um, and it'll be a case of looking more at the details of how we can ascertain what's going to happen in the future. Mm. And you, Craig? Yeah, I agree. And one thing we didn't talk about at the top of the show, but is fitting to uh, talk about on this week's final thought, is the end of the 600. Of course, the uh, 600 will conclude this weekend with uh, two shootouts, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, and then uh, the 300k races, which when Supercars picked up this event, they had the international co-drivers, then it became part of the Pertec Cup. Um, these formats 
for the most part, have worked, in my opinion, and uh, it'll be interesting to see a rationalisation of going to the two 250... No, sorry, going to the one 500-kilometre race next year. And uh, I think that'll be a good thing because all too often we've been calling out to say, let's have more of these Enduros, and now they've listened and they've gone with the uh, the same format as Sandown, with the, the shootouts on the, the Saturday for the uh, grid and then straight into a 500k race on the Sunday. And uh, people are going to possibly start thinking of the good old days of IndyCar when they had the big feature race on a Sunday. Indeed we will. Look forward to uh, all of this and a lot more as we venture into the world of Inside Supercars. So thanks again from me. And good night from him. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.